SBH's Kiss 92 and Eaton House presents Book Monsters Bedtime Stories Supported by the Singapore Women's Weekly Today we have Thomas, an Eaton House Community Fund volunteer, and he'll be sharing tips on how to make storytelling engaging for our children and ourselves. So Thomas, we've all read the story Jack and the Beanstalk when we were young. Just how long has the story been around and where did it originate? Wow, yeah, it's um, possibly been around for millennia. Um, (laughs) There's even some stories of it being um, in old folk tales of four or 5,000 years where somebody steals from an ogre, somebody steals from an ogre's treasure. But the versions that we see uh, today probably start with uh, a book entitled Jack Spriggins and the Enchanted Bean, which was published in the 16th century. Okay. Um, and versions around that time had some strange goings on and certainly were not for children's ears <laughs> yeah. at that point. Well, even this feels kind of dark. Yeah, huh? it's a bit edgy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then and the version that we, we hear there really is uh, from somebody called Joseph Jacob. And he heard stories from his nannies and wet nurses. And that's the tale that we hear today and the one that you read there. I see. Jack and the Beanstalk. Once upon a time, there was a widow and a son, Jack. They lived together on a farm in the country. Jack would help his mother by doing chores. He would chop wood, weed the garden, and sweep the kitchen. Despite all their hard work, Jack and his mother were very, very poor and sometimes had trouble feeding themselves. So, prior to the story, it might be nice to set the scene, especially with us Singapore city dwellers. Mm -hmm. This is about a boy who has lots of chores and he lives on a farm in the countryside and it'd be nice to explore that with the children. Um, You know, what's a cow? What's a sheep? Do you have any chores to do at home? And I think that helps create kind of a mental image of the setting with the child before they've actually engaged with it and give them something to prepare them for what's about to come in the story. Um, So I think this kind of talking around the story is such an important aspect of, of reading to the children. One day, Jack's mother decided it was time to sell Bessie, their old milking cow. Okay, mother, said Jack, it's market day today. I'll take Bessie in. With the dialogue, as you did, Glenn, it can be ever so funny to change your voice, even if you're not as good as you are at changing and you're a little bit anxious about changing your voice. The children that you're reading to are going to be engaged in the fact that they're uh, father or uncle or friend is kind of doing a little bit right. funny, something a little bit different here. I should have changed my voice a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was great. And I think, you know, one of the most important takeaways from this is if you are a little bit nervous about reading is just pick up your book and give it a go. Because the children are going to remember so much more um, than, you know, these little um, idiosyncrasies. I think just having that time with the children is so important and having that regular reading opportunity. So even if you are a little bit anxious, just pick up that book and give it a go. So Jack led Bessie by the halter towards the market. Along the road, he saw a strange-looking man who greeted him by saying, Good morning, Jack. 
Jack wondered, how does this man know my name? Are you selling this cow? The man continued. I'd love to buy her. Jack smiled and said, what are you offering? The old man opened his hand to reveal three beans. Beans, Jack said? Yes, beans. Three of them. One, two, three. Three magical beans. And because you are such a good boy, I will give you each one of these powerful magical beans for your one milking cow. Really, said Jack, excited as he ran home to show his mom what he got. In the paragraph where he meets the man offering the beans, Jack may seem a little foolish and the children might be thinking, hang on a minute, would that be normal just to sell (laughs) Bessie for three magic beans? Why not? You know, perhaps we can ask them a little bit about that and go, well, what do you think, you know, about this action here? Is he is he doing the right thing or um, what would you do in this situation? Uh, and and then the children love to engage in questions of of that nature. That'll be interesting. I wonder what they'll say. Yeah. When Jack awoke the next morning, his room was surprisingly dark. The sun usually shone in through the window. Jack went to the window and looked out and saw a beanstalk that went up and up and up until it reached the sky. Now the mood changes in the next section and what I heard you do is that when the darkness of the room changes, you naturally changed your voice. I'm not sure if that was intentional, but you naturally saw where the story was going with the drowning out of the light and the beanstalk and it can be nice to shift the tone to maybe a little bit more of an unnerving one, depending on the age of the child and how much um, sort of anxiety they can take really. Yeah, it's about knowing want to audience, scare them too much. Isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I think that can be quite fun to do. Using the leaves and twisty vines like the rungs of a ladder, Jack climbed and climbed and climbed until he reached the sky. There, above the clouds, he saw a winding road that led to a square castle in the sky. Jack ran up the road towards the castle, and just as he reached it, the door swung open. He saw a large lady giant with one great eye in the middle of a forehead. Jack turned to run, but she caught him. She scooped him up and said, Don't be in such a hurry. I'm sure a growing boy like you would love a nice big breakfast. It's been so long since we've had a boy around. Jack sat down to the biggest breakfast he had ever seen. Then suddenly he heard thump, thump, thump. Oh, goodness gracious me, it's my husband. There's nothing he likes more than a boiled boy on toast and I haven't any bread. Quick, hide, hide! She hit Jack just in time. Her husband came bursting into the kitchen. I am so hungry I could eat a cow! The giant squealed. And then, he sniffed the air. Do I smell a boy? Fee-fi-fo-fum! I smell the blood of an Englishman! Be he alive or be he dead, I'll have his bones to grind my bread! Nonsense, dear, the lady giant said. We haven't had a boy for breakfast in years. 
Thomas, fee fi fo fum. Now, that's an interesting rhyme. Why do you think rhymes are so important in children's stories? Oh, yes. Um, fee fi fo fum, usually alongside that. Um, we have the heavy footsteps, don't we, of the giant. Yeah. And uh, the youngsters recall with delight and terror. But repetition is, is a crucial aspect of, uh, of learning. I think it's a way that children really make sense of the, of the noises that they're hearing in terms of words. And I think they find it really interesting. And it's a, a big factor in early language acquisition. Mm-hmm. And I think the rhymes that we tell in stories are often said again during the week when we're playing games with the children. And it can be, uh, like I say, those early stepping stones in language acquisition there. The giant ate his breakfast. Jack worked out the courage to peek out from the copper pot just as the giant was returning to the kitchen with a large basket of golden eggs and a sickly-looking hen. The giant poked the hen and he said, Lay! And the hen laid a new golden egg and the giant added it to the basket. Then the giant opened up a closet and took out a beautiful golden harp with the face of a sad-looking girl. The giant poked the harp and said, Play! The harp began to sing a beautiful lullaby. The giant listened to the harp till he put his head down and began to snore so loudly he shook the house. The next aspect of the story really paints Jack in a better light when he helps the hop and the hen. And I think this is a real pivotal moment. And, you know, the the sort of hope and and light of the story changes here. And this can be really discussed uh, in a fantastic way to approach morals and values with the children. Like, what did you learn about Jack's character at this point? How has he particularly developed? And how many of them would consider him a hero at this point? Exactly. When he was quite sure the giant was asleep, Jack tiptoed away from the copper pot. He picked up the hen and he picked up the harp and he slowly made it towards the door of the kitchen. As he did, the chicken let out a cackle and it awoke the giant. Jack began to run for the front door of the castle. The giant awoke and yelled, Where is my white hen and my golden harp? He started a chase after Jack. Now, over the years, Thomas, you might have read different versions of Jack and the Beanstalk. Do you think it adds value to read the same story to children? Interesting. Yeah, I think one of the most fascinating parts of fairy tales is being able to read children different versions of the story and seeing how that affects our interpretation of the story. Um, For example, where your sympathies lie, do you think Jack is a smart boy in this particular story? Um, (laughs) Do they sympathise with the giant having to put up with this intruder? And I think we learn a lot about our values and morals um, in seeing different tellings. Um, fairy tales are, are powerful conduits, I think, to explore with children uh, the characters' motivations and underlying subtexts. I think it's, it's a way that they learn their sort of conceptual understanding of the, of, of the world around them. And I think that's why we have to dig a little bit further and ask questions when we're reading um, to the children. Jack went through the door, down the road, through the clouds, and towards the top of the beanstalk. He quickly began to climb down. The giant saw Jack disappear into the clouds. He looked through the clouds and saw the beanstalk, and he saw Jack. 
he let out a growl. Fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll have his bones to grind my bread. The giant swung himself onto the beanstalk, which began to shake with the weight of the giant. Jack climbed down as fast as he could, with the giant climbing closely after. The second time we hear the rhyme is actually um, shifted where, um, rather than a point of fear, this is actually a point of resolution where Jack is running away to freedom. And it's almost a bit of a helpless uh, cry at this point. Um, So predictions at this point, I think, can be really valuable because you learn what the listener has taken in so far. You know, have they really gauged that this is where we're at a point of resolution and Jack has got some hope, hope here in this story? As he neared the bottom, he called out, Mother, bring me an axe, bring me an axe. His mother came running out with his wood-chopping axe, but when she made it to the beanstalk, she stood stock still with terror. Jack jumped down the beanstalk, grabbed the axe, and began to chop the beanstalk. Luckily, because he had been doing so many chores, he made quick work of the beanstalk. It began to shake, and the giant stopped to see what was going on beneath him. With one last mighty twack, the beanstalk broke and the giant fell to the ground and broke his crown and the rest of the beanstalk came tumbling after. The last few paragraphs are a change for a completely lighter tone as they describe the resolution of the story as quick-thinking Jack rather than foolish Jack. And uh, we have an interesting word of twack yeah, <laughs> towards the end. And we have all these wonderful words called onomatopoeia that are words that are also sounds. And I think these are um, a lot of fun to discuss with the children. Like, we've got a word here, but it's just a noise itself. Yeah. You know, let's, let's uh, play around with some of those like buzz and hiss and let's see what other stories have, have these wonderful, wonderful words. Yeah. In. And how would you uh, uh, describe the breaking of the beanstalk would it also be twack or would it be something else you know know, i think twack's quite an old-fashioned word now isn't it what would we say uh thump or thrump or uh uh, crumble i don't know i don't know um but yeah i think glenn you did a you did a great job there and i think you really brought the story to life The harp and the chicken were so happy to be free that they decided to live with Jack and his mother. Each day, the harp would sing happy, beautiful songs and the chicken, who had returned to health, laid a golden egg each day. Thanks to the golden eggs, Jack and his mother never went hungry again. They bought back old Bessie and Jack, his mother, old Bessie, the chicken and the harp lived happily ever after. The End Well, thank you very much for doing this with me. Thank you very much, Thomas. And I would just like to say that everyone uh, who's a part of the Eaton House Community Fund is doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much. Oh, that's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Book Monsters Bedtime Stories was brought to you by SPH's Kiss 92 and Eaton House. Supported by the Singapore Women's Weekly.